See, as long as we don't have it, we don't have no voice. We can't go to the United Nations and demand anything. We can't come out and say injustices. You can march all you want about somebody knee on somebody neck, but you ain't got no change because you ain't got no money. You ain't got no money. You have no money and no organization. So you're going to cry, you're going to march, you're going to paint on the street, but nail law has been passed to change police brutality. Because you ain't got no money. You have no organization, no structure with money behind you. I lay out to you the plan from God to put money back into the house of God. I'm going to read the text, Israel, just right quick. It says, out of Leviticus 27 and 30. <clears throat> and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. And if a man will at all redeem all of his tithes, he shall add thereunto a fit part thereof. And concerning the tithe of the land or of the flock, even of whatsoever passeth under the rod, the tent shall be holy. <coughs> a tent shall be holy unto the Lord. He shall not search whether it be good or bad, neither shall he change it. And if he change it at all, then both it and the change thereof shall be holy. It shall, be not, it shall not be redeemed. These are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the children of Israel in Mount Sinai. Lord, I have a blessing of the reading here in the exposition of your word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. God bless the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless the truth. Saints, we're going to... Thank you, deacons. You're such a blessing. Appreciate you. Hallelujah. We're going to go ahead and get cranked up. I'm going to put my timer on so we can respect the time. Amen. And uh, hallelujah. Here we go. <clears throat> and uh, we've, been, we've been going off, amen, uh, on, on, on uh, tithes and offerings and and we notice that uh, it's three engines of blessings in the church, praying, fasting, and giving. Um, we normally only talk about praying and fasting. We never talk about giving in this place. Uh, and it's because of the naysayers. It's because of the haters. We never want to be deemed as being a church that's somehow money-hungry or, or greedy. And those that are members and those who are saved know that that couldn't be further from the truth. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. But to not teach the people what the Bible says about how to handle our finances, amen, would put them at a grave disadvantage. And so every once in a while, we got to do that. And for this beginning of 2024, amen, the Most High has led me to really go in about it, amen. And I, I can discern as I go in about it, uh, there's been breakthrough happening in our lives. There's been, hallelujah things that's been going on, and it actually builds up our faith. We know that our God is going to provide for us, and so I can just feel it in the atmosphere. Um, there's over 500 verses about prayer and faith in the Bible, but there's over 2,000 verses about money and finances, and we don't want to skip any of that. We want to teach the people of God the whole counsel of God, and so for this year, in 2024, we're going to let the haters hate. We're going to let the naysayers talk. They can say whatever they want. Amen. But we're going to get everything that God has for us. Amen. And so that's what we're about. And so we began, hallelujah, this series, and we kind of explained to you what the tithe is all about. It's, it's 10%. Amen. And uh, it's very simple. 
Hallelujah. One out of the ten sheep, the shepherd would give to the most high. And for us, we just put it on our calculator, on our phone. We multiply what we took in time uh, 10%, point, point 0.10. And we give that to the Lord. It's, it's very simple. Um, um, we have to understand that the church didn't invent this. Pastor Omar didn't invent this. This thing has been here since the garden. Hallelujah. It's been here since the garden. We saw it in Cain and Abel. Amen. God instituted the tithe. Amen. And so when the world and everybody else have a problem with it, listen, and we're going to learn, it's not a problem with Pastor Omar Philadelphia. It's a problem with God. Because this was God's way to take care of his church. And who are we to correct God's way? Huh? And a lot of people want to sell dinners. They want to sell leg quarters. They want to sell pecan candy, cookies. Huh? And all those things are good, but that's not God's design to take care of his church. All right? And that's why a lot of churches lack. You only lack when you move out of God's prescribed way of doing things. All right? And so the tithe is his way. And it's what he instituted. It's called the first fruits. And we learn, secondly, that everything that's first, it actually belongs to God. When we tithe, amen, the old church folk used to say, you're not even giving. You're just returning. Because he's given you the strength, the intellect. He's, he's, he's given you life to go out and get. Hallelujah. And your little rent on everything he gave you is that 10%. You, you're, not, you're not giving him anything. You're returning to him was his. And so that's why the old folk, you say, I'm going to pay my tithes. All right? Because you ain't giving nothing. You paying what belongs to the Lord. And that's why the Lord said, how have you, we, the people say, how have we robbed you, Lord? He say, in tithes and offerings. Because you touch what was mine. You touch what was mine. And another problem we have in the church is that when people pay their tithes, they use it like a bank account. And so they pay their tithes, hallelujah, they, they got paid 1650 they put their 165 in there. All right? I pay my tithes. But when the Cox bill be due, they come back to the church to get that 165 right back. All right? That's what they do. They use it as an account, some type of money market. And you'd be surprised sometimes they come back and borrow more than they tithe. One second, one second. What you got to understand is, your tithe is not a bank account. If you're giving it just to take it back, then you ain't released it. You ain't released it. You ain't released it. That's like planting a seed in the ground and coming back every day to pick it up again. When you give it, release it. Release it with the intention of God, it's yours. And I ain't just going to come right back and get it. You know? Now, we understand when people fall on hard times. That's what the church is going to be there for, and I'm going to tell you that. But when you have the wrong intent, when you have an intent that, that it don't belong to God, and you couldn't imagine the amount of people who have that intent, amen, you're not going to get the blessings that we talk about. When you give it, release it, because it belongs to him. Come on, give y'all some praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. We saw that the tithe predates the law because some people say, I'm not tithing, that's the old covenant, that's the old testament. And we saw that, hallelujah, it predated the Mosaic law, Cain and Abel, Abraham, Melchizedek, Jacob at Bethel. Last time we saw that since we're in the New Testament, hallelujah, we should even tithe more because grace is always greater. In the New Testament, we find that the tithe is not the maximum, it's just the minimum. Come on. 
All right, it's just a minimum. And we learn something new, not only to tithe, but to offer. Give God his 10%, but throw him a five, throw him a 10 in there, throw him a 20 in there for your high rollers, throw him a 100 up in there. You understand what I'm saying? Why? Because he's just that good. It's in the offering where the multiplication happens. I got to say that again. It's in the offering where the multiplication happens. All right? It's in the tide where he blessed the rest. You understand what I'm saying? But it's in the offering where the multiplication happens. All right? All right? He's going to open up the windows and let it rain on your life. We gave you some New Testament examples of, of giving. Mary, amen, with, her, with her, her ointment. Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea going above and beyond, giving Yahshua a, a millionaire's funeral. We saw Barnabas selling fields so the church can operate and do whatever it needs to do for the glory of God. Then we went to Paul's principles in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 and saw how God loves a cheerful giver. And how God is able to make all grace abound always for everything you need if you give like you're supposed to give. It ain't just blessings monetary he's going to give you back, but it's blessings in every area of life. That's what the power of tithes and offerings bring. And so to not teach that to the people is to leave a people poor and in poverty and without the blessings of God. But to teach it to the people is to really love them and want them to climb to the heights of abundant life, and that's where we are this year. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't care what the naysayers say. All right, let them hate. Let them hate. While, while they hate, we're going to be blessed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And so this morning, hallelujah, for the short part of it, we're going we're to talk about why people don't tithe. All right, that's what we're going to talk about, why people don't tithe. And um, Sambu, y'all just kind of follow me, amen. And what I'm going to do is, that beginning stuff, I'm going to put it at the end of point three. Brent, if you know what I'm talking about, wherever you are. Brent could not be in the building and still listening <laughs> and working the computer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He probably walk around his house with that Apple vision on. He just, he'd be touching stuff, controlling stuff. I'm just playing, Brent, before you turn off my mic. So listen, <laughs> why people don't tithe, all right? And remember, the tithe is a test. Say that with me. The tithe is a test. Because remember, it's not that God needs us. We need him. But he puts this, this tithe out there because he wants to show us some things about ourselves. And, and he wants us to know Amen. Uh, what's going on on the inside of us. And so when we don't tithe, it's because of a few reasons. And we're going to talk about that. And that's what that test is going to reveal. That's what that test is going to reveal. It's going to reveal a few things. Now, all of these is not going to pertain to everybody, but some of them will. And so when it hits you, just say, ouch. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to keep it moving. So why people don't tithe? All right. First reason. Huh? First reason. Because they are unsaved or unforgiven. Unsaved or unforgiven. And what we need to understand is, is that when you're unsaved, the likelihood of you tithing is going to be real low. All right? Why, Pastor? Well, you don't understand spiritual things. You don't understand spiritual things. And the tithe is a very spiritual thing. That I'm going to give something out of my hand, and at the end of the day, I'm going to have more. 
That don't make sense. Anybody hear me up in here? That's why later on we're going to talk about faith and different things of that nature because that's another reason people don't give. They don't believe. All right? But the, but the majority of the people that's in the world, they don't give to the house of God, to God, because they're unsaved, they're unforgiven. And to, to look at that, we look at Luke 7, 47, and look what it says. It says, wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. This is the story, once again, of the woman with the alabaster box. Jesus is invited to a Pharisee's house, a man by the name of Simon, to be specific. The woman comes in, and she begins to uh, cry and wipe the feet of Jesus with her tears and her hair and to anoint his feet with the ointment out of her alabaster box. Simon the Pharisee says within himself, he don't even say it loud, he said, if this man was a prophet, he would not let this woman touch him because she is a sinner, a street woman. You know, he's saying it to himself. And Jesus show him, Jesus show him, well, no, I am a prophet. I not only know what she did, but I know what you're thinking on the inside. <laughs> so Jesus answered his inside thoughts. <laughs> Jesus said, Simon, if two men owed a creditor some money, which one would be more happy? The one that's released a 500 or the one that's released the 50. Okay. Now let's put 1,000 on that. Let's say you owe somebody 500,000. And they release you that. They say, forgiven. And another person say, you owe 50,000. And they say, forgiven. Let me ask you a question. Which person forgiven would love the most? The 500,000? They would dance around their house. <laughs> Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so Jesus, Jesus, he puts this question to Simon. And so, hallelujah, he tells Simon, he says, Simon, he said, I came to your house. Even though y'all Pharisees some haters, I came to your house. The custom when somebody entered your house in the biblical days for, was for you to at least provide something to wipe their feet from walking in the dusty Jerusalem streets, amen? Or to provide some kind of ointment so that they can freshen up before dinner. Jesus said, I come to your house, you provided no way for me to wash my feet, my hands, and for me to freshen up. But because of your lack of respect, huh? this woman then came in and she washing my feet for you. But she washing my feet with her tears and with her hair. And she anointed my head with oil. But not just any oil, it's the most precious, the most expensive is the oil out of our alabaster box. It's a life-saving ointment. Life-saving account ointment. So what you didn't provide me, this woman is providing for me on another level. And Jesus wanted to show Simon, Simon, she is doing this because, huh? Because she's been forgiven much. And you doing what you did because you ain't been forgiven much. In the NLT, he says, hallelujah, I tell you, Simon, put it up in the NLT if you can, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. 
So that is why she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little only shows a little love, only a little love, shows only a little love. You see, a person who's really been forgiven, y'all, how many people have been forgiven in here? Person that's really been forgiven? Of all the things that you did wrong, of all the things that you said wrong, all the things that you thought wrong, all the places you went that was wrong, all the things you drunk that were wrong, smoked that were wrong. Yes. I won't go too deep into it, but all of that has been forgiven. And he says, whoever's been forgiven that much is going to love that much as well. That means anything I have, Jesus, because you've been so good to me. Anything I have is yours. Because if it wasn't for you, where would I would be? Lord, where would I be? Woo, I'd be miserable. Could have been dead like the church folks say, sleeping in my grave. Still in that drug house, in that jail cell. Still empty on the inside. Still running in that hamster's wheel of life, finding no purpose and no satisfaction. But since you came into my life, you've given me abundant life. You've given me a reason for living. So anything I have, this woman was saying, is yours. The best I have is yours. So people don't tie because they have not experienced that. They haven't been forgiven. They haven't been saved. Later on, Luke 7, 48, Jesus would break it down. He says in 48, and he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at the meat, the haters, they began to say within themselves, who is this that forgiveth sins also? Huh? Look at them haters. Huh? This is the second person of the Godhead. This is the son of God. This is Emmanuel, the God with us. This is, this, is, this is the father in human form. He the one that can forgive sins. And he said to the woman, watch this, this is important to us. Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. And this is the gospel in our very first point. If you're not tired, then it could be because you really not saved. You had not been forgiven. You come to church and it's not a big deal to you because, listen, you had not been set free. See, but those of us who were bound and now we free, it's a big deal to us. Those who were blind, but now we see, it's a big deal to us. Those who were deaf, but now we hear, it's a big deal to us. And that's why we give. All right? Now, Pastor, tell the ones that's not saved yet how to be saved. Jesus tells us here. He says, thy faith had saved thee. You see, before I got saved, I thought I had to earn salvation. I thought that I had to do things on a checklist for God. And that there was a score like school or like sports that I had to reach to get in to this hall of fame in heaven. We look at heaven as a performance-based, works-based salvation. But the Bible teaches us that our performance 
our works would never satisfy the requirements of God. Because the requirement to get in is perfection. And we have all fallen short of the glory of God. You were disqualified when you was born to get in heaven because we was born in sin and shapen in iniquity. And even if you didn't have original sin, which all of us but Yahshua had, you would have been disqualified soon after you was born because you were selfish, you was a liar, you ain't never shared, you stole stuff. You broke every commandment before you were seven years old. Anybody hear me up in here? Probably except the adultery, but after eight years, you, you were well on your way. But it don't take breaking everyone to disqualify you. It just takes breaking one. For the wages of how many? Sin. One sin is death. And that's why God sent us a Savior. He sent us a Savior by the name of Yahshua HaMashiach. And the Bible says, he became sin who knew no sin that we might receive the righteousness of God. He is our sacrifice. This is the problem that many professors and theologians who are not saved can't break down. They can't break down the essence of the gospel. The gospel means that the good news is, is that God will save you, not based upon what you've done, but based upon what he did. Hey, God have mercy. So what did he do, Pastor? He died on that cross for you. What does that have to do with me? He died as your sacrifice. That means the train was coming, he pushed you out the way and took one for the team. The bullet was coming, he moved you out the way and opened up his chest. You was down for the execution. He told the judge, let him free. I'm going to take the gas chamber. I'm going to take the electric chair. I'm going to take the lethal injection. I'll do it on their behalf. That's what we mean when we say Jesus died for me. He paid the price of my sins. And how do I get the benefit of his death, of his death for me? It's by faith. It's not no performance base. It's not no works. All God wants from you to be saved is just to believe. When I caught that, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I had been in a performance-based religion all my life. Went to church, knew some of the Bible, but I thought that I had to be good enough for God. And I didn't know all the while God was trying to show me that he was good enough for me. Anybody hear me up in him? So it's not about performance, it's about believing, it's about faith. And that's what Jesus was telling the woman. Look at it good here. He says, thy faith had saved thee. We get a corroboration of this in John 3, 18. Hallelujah, the Bible says, he that believeth on him is not condemned. Nothing to do with works. If you believe on him, you're not condemned. You're not going to go to hell. You're not going to be in eternal death. Hallelujah. But those that don't believe are condemned already. Look at John 3, 36, uh, another corroboration. He that believeth on the Son, watch this, has everlasting life. All it takes is you believing. But it's not just a fake believing. It's not just a mind believing. It's a heart believing. It's a belief that's deep. It's, it's a trust. And no matter what anybody tell you, you don't care what they tell you. You believe that he died for your sins, that he was buried in that grave, and that he rose on that third day. It's a belief that's so strong. You know, 
it's kind of tantamount to how you believe, hallelujah, in something you love, you know? Uh, uh, it's not that, not that we don't have faith. God, I don't have that kind of faith. No, you have it. How you believe in your team? You love your team. And you don't care. Anybody tell you, you're like, oh, no, they're going to win. And even after they lose, they cheated them. <laughs> Why? Because you believe. We just want you to believe in God like that. Anybody hear me up in here? All right? We believe that what he said he would do, he did. And no matter what the haters say, we believe he died, he was buried, and what else? He rose again. That's how we believe. And they can't tell us no different. They can't tell us no different. All right? And look what he says. He corroborates again in John eleven twenty six. Jesus said unto him, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I ask you, Philadelphia. I ask you, do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Do you believe he died on that cross? Yes. Do you believe he was buried in that grave? Yes. Do you believe he rose again? Yes. Do you believe his blood washes away all your sins? Yes. Do you believe he is the way to heaven? Yes. Give God some glory in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we say it in a verse that we know well. And I use other verses so you wouldn't get tired of this verse. But this is one of the most powerful verses in our Bible. That John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. Hallelujah. So people don't tie it, first of all, because they are not saved. And after that first part, amen, you ain't going to have that problem anymore. You know what salvation is, and all you got to do now is ask him, and God's going to save you. Second point, people don't tie because of a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge. All right, and that's a lot of us after we get saved. All right, so you save, but there's some things that you don't know about God. And tithing is one of them. There's some people that don't tithe because they just don't know. And Hosea 4 6 tells us, he says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. Thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. Some people don't tie because they don't know. And now, hallelujah, a lot of people say, what you don't know can't hurt you. That ain't, that ain't the Bible. <laughs> That's not the Bible. <laughs> you mess around, lift a rock up, and don't know a snake is under that. That snake going to bite you. <laughs> All right? Martin Luther King used to always say, knowledge is power. All right? And when you don't have it, you are weakened. You don't have the power that you need. The Bible here says, actually, that when you don't have the knowledge you need, you can be destroyed. That word destroyed here means perish. And that's why when we quote it in the, the church, we say, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And to perish means sometimes to die slowly. I'm here to tell you that because our people don't know about tithing, especially the Hebrews, 
We are being destroyed. We are dying slowly. Uh, that word perish also means to fail. We are failing because we don't know the knowledge of God about the time. Uh, that word destroyed means cut down. It means to be undone. It means to, brought to, to be brought to silence. And I can tell you, hallelujah, on a national level, on a world level, we have no voice. We have been cut down because we have forgotten about God's knowledge about the time. And I'm here to tell you, and I'm going to get to something at the end, amen, where I'm going to show you that this tithe can bring our voice back as a people. Can bring our voice back as a people. We are being destroyed. And there is nothing the devil and the world and his minions would love than to keep you from this knowledge of tithes and offerings. Because he know if you never understand and know about tithes and offerings, you are not going to be blessed like God wants you to be blessed. All right? All right? Let's look at the scriptures. Hallelujah. Let's look at the scriptures. Hallelujah. There are repercussions about not knowing God, and especially about not knowing about the tithe. In Isaiah 5, 13, therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. When you don't know God fully like you are, captivity is going to happen. Pastor, what's captivity? Slavery. Well, not only slavery, but, but you know, debt is also slavery in a sense, captivity in a sense. Because the servant... Hallelujah. The borrower is slave to the lender. And a lot of you have too much debt. And we're going to get into that later. How to correct those things in your finances. And a lot of you have too much debt because you don't know what God say about finances. And you don't know what God say about tithes and offerings. So you stay in a position of debt, of slavery, of captivity financially because you lack knowledge. Not only that, Jeremiah says in 5.4, Therefore I said, surely these are poor. They are foolish. Why? For they know not the way of the Lord. If you don't know the ways of the Lord about money, the Bible says, hallelujah, that lack of knowledge will make you poor. And I believe as I look at all of our communities, the hoods, the ghettos, the projects, huh? these people don't know how to give. Most of them, all they know how to do is put a hand out and take. All right? And as long as you are a taker, you're not going to be blessed like you are. Because it's not the takers that's blessed in God's economy. It's the givers that's blessed. And I'm here to preach to you. A whole new way of living. See, in the hood, whatever we could get from people, that's when we feel like we're the best. But in heaven, in the way that God wanted the Hebrews to be, is whoever that would give the most would be the ones that's most blessed. And all you got to do is look at the world, even though your mind tells you, if I hold it in my hand tight, 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 then I can keep it. The devil is a liar. Money is like water in your hand. It's like sand in your hand. 
The Bible say that, that wealth and money, it got wings. And before you know it, watch it close, it's going to what? Fly away. You understand what I'm saying? That's how money is. And the rich understand that. The more you hold on to it, the more you let it go. But those that's wealthy understand that to keep money, you got to cast it. You got to cast it. You got to cast it. Cast it in the form of sowing seed, but also cast it in the form of, the Bible Proverbs says, hallelujah, cast thy bread on many waters. And after many days, it's going to come right back to you. Woo! I'm preaching up in here. I'm preaching up in here. It's not about holding on to it. It's about sowing it. First in the kingdom, second in investment, thirdly into business. It's about sowing it. Hallelujah. Because currency, the root word of currency is current. Ooh. <laughs> it's supposed to flow, baby. As long as you keep it flowing, mm, the river keep coming back to you. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, keep it flowing. And that's how you got to do it. Now, I'm out, I'm out of my notes. I'm just, I'm just prophesying. Now, you got to keep it flowing. You got to keep giving to your children and, and giving to your church and, and giving to those that's in need. And as long as you keep it flowing, it's the givers that's blessed. I want you to understand something about these folk that's up there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They the richest when they become philanthropists. They give it everywhere. And it's like they can't stop giving. And you look at their portfolio and you understand that they could give the rest of their life and never really give it all. Oh, y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. They understand the concept of currency. See, what you doing, you letting it, you, you, you putting, you putting a, 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 a not, not, not the curse word, but you putting a dam. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all putting a, y'all putting a, y'all putting a dam. Not like, not like the curse word, but I'm saying. All right? And you trying to hold all that water to yourself, but you stopping the current. You stopping the flow. That's why ain't nothing coming back to you. And while you put that thing right there, hallelujah, that, that water don't stay there. How do we go back in the ground? Or it evaporate. And you end up with nothing. And you end up with nothing. Look at your neighbor and say, let it flow. Come on, give y'all some praise up in here. Hallelujah. But it's all about the knowledge. It's about spiritual things. And, and you got to understand spiritual things. It's all about the knowledge. Hallelujah. Hosea 4.11, glory to God. He says, hear the word of the Lord. Ye children of Israel, that's to us. For the Lord had a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. Because there's a, there, there's a few things missing. There's no truth, no mercy, no knowledge of God in the land. What I'm sharing with you people don't know. They don't know. They think just being a taker is the way to live. What you can get for free is the way to live. When God was saying, listen, that's the way they live. But that's not the way I want you to live. I want you to be like your father in heaven who makes his rain to fall on the just and the unjust, sun to shine on the wicked and the good, wicked and the righteous, I'm trying to tell you here. 
be a giver. Second Chronicles 15.3 tells us why this is not going on in our churches and in our land. He says, now for a long season, Israel had been without the true God. Why? And without a teaching priest, without the law. See, people can't understand the tithe if nobody teaching it. If they don't have leaders that will stand up. In spite of the naysayers, say whatever y'all want. Because you're just working for Satan. You're just working for the world. And the world don't want me to understand about God's mindset on money. Because it want to keep me poor. It want to keep me captive. It want to keep me being destroyed in silence with no voice. But people of God, I see a change coming. I see the pastor teacher give coming back to the church, coming back to the Hebrews. I see the teaching gift coming back to the Hebrews and the people of God understanding the scripture and putting people up there that understand the scripture. We've been preached to too long. Y'all ain't caught that. Y'all ain't caught that. We've been preached to too long. How many people know it's a teaching time right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pastor, what's the difference? What well, a preacher going to get you excited, make you jump. Huh? You got, ooh, I feel it, I feel it, I feel it. But you ain't learned nothing. All right? It's time for Israel and the people of God to respect and to want to know the word of God and not just get excited in the church house. Because our people perish for a lack of knowledge. We need knowledge back in the house of God. We need teaching back in the house of God. See, when I listen to somebody up here, hallelujah, anybody could make you feel good. Anybody could entertain. But when I see you breaking down the oracles of God and showing me the context and the history, I don't really care how exciting you are. See, he said, he said, he said, sanctify them with thy true. He don't say the feeling. He don't say the volume. He don't say the charisma. He said the truth. And so it's coming a time when the people of God going to want the truth again. I don't care how you say it, just say it. I don't care how you teach it, just teach it. Don't you come here and make me feel good, but I leave here not knowing anything that's going to change my life. He says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And one of those areas where we lack knowledge is finances, especially in the tithe. Some people didn't give because they just didn't know. All right, come on, give y'all some praise up in here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And there's some, hallelujah, that want to go deep in the word and hear about eschatology, hear about we the people, hear about the Hebrews, and hear about politics and current events. And when we up here and we can do that for you, that's good, all right? But never get to a place where you want those things and don't want the written word of God. All right? 
All right? The good teacher is going to be able every now and then to merge these things. Well, we're going to be able to tell you some things that what was, what is, what is to come. But even if some weeks we get up and we breaking down some stuff on the tide, listen, all those things are necessary, yeah, y'all. Listen, we don't live by some of the word, huh? That's what the Bible said. The Bible said, Jesus said, men, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. How dare you come to church and want some of the word? How dare you come to church like Piccadilly? You come in and you pick it. Oh, not that. Uh, uh, not that. Yeah, yeah, give me some of that. Give me some of that. Y'all saw that macaroni at Piccadilly. That's what y'all said. Carrot cake? Carrot, carrot souffle? All right, whatever it is. But you can't come to church with that Piccadilly mentality. All right? You got to be that one that say, God, don't give me what I want. Give me what I need. Come on, somebody. Give Hey! And that's how we got to be. And so hallelujah, we looking for teachers back in the church because our people are perishing for knowledge and people not giving because they just didn't know. Third reason, people not giving. They are unaware of the link between God and his house. God and his house. And so first hump, to get you over is to get you saved, then your heart going to change. Second, to teach you about tithing, how important it is to God, all right? And you get over that hump. And then you get to a place and you're like, okay, I have this for God, but where does it go? You got to know that there's a link between God and his house, his church. There's a link. And that's where you bring your tithe, that to the church you go to, the church you're a member of, the church you, where you eat at, the church where God speaks to you at, where you meet God at. But those that's live streaming, amen, and don't have a physical house yet, amen, that don't matter because you meeting with us over this electrical, electronic platform, hallelujah, and you still here with us. But there's a connection between God and his house. In Exodus 25, 8, we kind of touched upon it last time. God was telling his people, do this offering and build me a sanctuary. Exodus 25, 8, and let them make me a sanctuary. We had just come out of Egypt, come out with spoils and riches, and we thinking that's for us to have big herring bones on and rope chains. Huh? Them Hebrews out there, boy, they making gold teeth already. You understand what I'm saying? Just come, just come out of Egypt. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and God is saying, that's cool. Most of that is yours. But can you put a portion of that for me? All right? Just don't do all your teeth. Just do the front. All right? A portion of that is for me. Good. Why? And let them make me a sanctuary. A house. A church, why? That I may dwell among them. Build me a place where I can inhabit your praises. Build me a place where two or more of y'all together, I can be there in the midst. Build me a place with the things I've given you. Don't just eat it and spend it all on yourself. Build me a place so you can come and worship. So you can come and pray. Build me a house. There is an intricate, inexplicable 
connection between God and his house. Sometimes people don't tithe because they don't understand that connection. But in Haggai 1.3, glory to the most high God, he explains it. And Haggai says, then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, is it time for you, Israel, O ye, to dwell in sealed houses? That sealed houses in the Hebrew means luxury houses. You got your air conditioning, your flues, your cable TV, your live streaming, your fire stick, whatever you got. You got your refrigerator. Your lazy bar couch and sofa. Put your feet up on your ottoman. Pictures on your wall, paint on the wall, sheetrock. Tile floor countertops. Huh? Some of y'all got that granite or that granted make it look alike. That's not granite, that's granted. <laughs> but whatever you have is a luxury house compared to what they have. And he's telling Israel, he's saying, is it time for just you to dwell in your luxury houses while this house lies waste? While we can't change the carpet in here? While we can't change the paint in here? While we can't update the floors in there? Is it time for you, just you? Huh? Or we got to deal with broken toilets or outdated bathrooms in here? We need cameras in Atlanta. Yeah. We need a we need a we need a place in Atlanta. Yeah. And God was asking Israel, is it time for you to dwell? Just you to dwell in your luxury house? Well, I don't have a house. Or my house lie in waste. God tell them people now, therefore said the Lord. Consider your ways. And when God tell you to consider your ways, baby, 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 it ain't nothing good. If he had to say it in regular terminology, he would be like, huh, bro? God would say like, really? That's, that's how you feel? Like that's how you're coming? After all I done did for you, that's how you're coming. Look at what I built for you. Look at what I allowed you to buy. Look at what you living in right now. But you ain't going to come and take care of my house when I done took care of yours. God said, that's how you coming. That's how you want this relationship to be, God is asking. Consider your ways now. Because if that's how you coming, I could change up too, God is saying. That's, how, that's, that's, that's what God's saying. We take so much from him, but some of us give him nothing in return. He said, consider it. Consider it. There's a link between my house and me. You can't send this thing upon the express to heaven. Where should I bring it? Bring it to the house of God. He said, consider your ways. Could you see? If you don't change, just taking care of yourself. If you don't change, you're being selfish like that. Verse 6, some things going to happen. You've sown much, and you're bringing little. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to affect your investments now. 
I'm infect, I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a affect you giving to something and thinking it's gonna pay you big dividend, and it's not gonna pay you what you've been thinking. Anybody had something you thought was gonna bring you a lot of money? And that thing come back and you're like, that's all? <laughs> Baby, we could have stayed home. We could have, I could have kept my money. God is saying, hallelujah, that's gonna happen when we don't take care of his house. He says, you eat, but you have not enough. You drink, and you're not even filled with drink. You're still thirsty. You got clothes, but you're not warm. And you earn wages. But he that earned wages, earn wages to put into a bag with holes in it. You ever felt like you was working, but you wouldn't get in the head? <laughs> You're like, I just had this money. What you did with the money? I ain't nothing with the money. And God just up there laughing. <laughs> Y'all ain't taking care of my house, he said. Y'all ain't taking care of my house. You see? Verse 6 in the NLT, watch this. He says, hallelujah, just the end of it. He says, uh, hallelujah, uh, uh, go to, no, 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 um, go to verse 6 in um, Haggai 1.6 in the NLT, if you can. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 1.6 if you can. And I'm going to read it in just the everyday vernacular. He says, hallelujah, your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. You see, you see, if that's the way you want to play, if that's the way you want to play, you want to take care of my house, you want to be selfish, and your money just going, it's just going, it's going to go. It's going to go. And that's, that's the other element of the tithe and the offering. It not only brings blessings, hello, it not only brings blessings, you know what I'm saying, right on time. It not only brings blessings, huh? God calling, y'all better answer. You see what I'm saying? It not only brings blessings, but it, it protects what you already have. See, the tithers know you looking at account after tithe and they say, well, I still got money? Baby, how got, I still got money? You know, that's what tithing do. He, he rebukes the devourer for our sakes. Let's go to Haggai 1-7, uh, uh, hallelujah. And let's just keep reading a little bit. He says, thus saith the Lord, Hallelujah. Of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build a house. And I will take pleasure in it. And I'll be glorified. Do what you got to do to support his house, he said. Yes, Tide, offer. Even if you got to go up and, and, and help build some stuff, God is saying. Hallelujah. But most of y'all these days can't hit a nail straight, so we don't need that. <laughs> Send the tide. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take care of what needs to be built. Because some of y'all, oh yeah, I don't have to tie it, I'm going to just come paint. Never painted before, look. <laughs> paint on the screen, all that, nah. Send your tie. Look at your neighbor and say, send the money. Send the money. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Send the money. Yeah, send the money. Because if not, verse 9, watch this, you look for much and lo, it came to little. When you brought it home and you thought it was going to be all that, God said, I blew on it. Dry it out. Why said the Lord of hosts? Because of my house. My house that is waste. And you run every man selfishly unto his own house. 
you're only thinking about yourself. You're selfish. Look at verse 10 and 11 in the NLT, and it's beautiful. He says, it's because of you the heavens would hold the dew, and the earth produce no crops. I have called for a drought on your fields and hills, and a drought to wither the grain and the grapes and the olive trees and all your other crops, a drought to starve you and your livestock and to ruin everything you have worked so hard to get. So you can understand. So you could catch your head. So you can consider your ways, O Israel, that you got to give the most high what belongs to him. We talk about putting God first, but that's only just words. That's just speech. When we really put him first, we come to his house and we give him our first fruits. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And that's when we really going to be blessed. There is a link, a connection between God and his house. And we got to take care of his house. There should be no reason, y'all, why we can't overlay that parking lot again. All right? There should be no reason why, as this bridge coming through, we can't buy this field next to us. You understand what I'm saying? There should be no reason in Church Point that we should not be able to develop that into one of the best recreational centers and retreat centers in southwestern Louisiana. There should be no reason. I see houses on that. I see houses on that. I see nice floors in there. I see when people come from out of town, from all over the world. We out there in these little houses. We out there with under a pavilion. We out there preaching, dancing, celebrating Passover. We cutting up. Because we know how not only to take care of our house, we know how to take care of God's house. All right? And listen, who else going to be blessed when God's house is taken care of? You. You. You're going to be blessed. You see? You're going to be blessed. You're going to walk in a church that's laid out, have it all, a place comfortable to worship. And if you do excellent work in your business, some of the work that we contract out to get, some of y'all are going to be standing on that property in Church Point, putting, putting, putting tile or putting roofs or, or putting sheetrock, doing the plumbing. But we don't understand that. We're so selfish, we can't really understand that tithing is for our own good. Now, First Lady wanted me to share something with y'all, and she, she, she put it on me to share it with y'all, too. She put pressure, man. You know, my wife, I'm telling you, man, I'm tell, I love her to pieces, yeah. And she's so pretty over there. I taught something in Atlanta this week, amen, and uh, we went deep, and we talked about the potential and the probability of civil war based upon the political atmosphere that we are now in. And so we looked at Trump, we looked at Biden, we looked at the border conflict. We went deep, yo. It was up in there doing cartwheels. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And towards the end, amen, I tied it to offerings and tithes, all right? And I showed the people in Atlanta how 
uh, there's a particular denomination who are ready. They're ready for whatever transpires. They're ready. They don't care if the government shut down. They don't care if, the, if, the, if, if America split up. They are ready to take care of their people. All right? And, 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 and I bring to your attention, First Lady, you, you, you got me, you got me, you got me. I yield to your prophetic utterance. I bring to your attention the Mormon church this morning. The Mormon church. All right? And uh, while I believe that, that some of their tenets are not accurate, we are just looking at one phase of what they do and how they do it right. Most people don't know that the Mormon church is one of the richest churches in America. In America. I'm telling you, that state of Utah, you might as well call it Mormon Utah. All right? Mormon talk. <laughs> you might as well call it that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I said, what you talking about? I'm talking about that they rich. They rich. And Doc wanted me to share that with y'all so you can broaden your horizons. The Mormon church takes in $7 billion a year. Their denomination. Taking $7 billion a year. I got it all up there for you as soon as they get it ready. And when they get it ready, I'm going to go back over. Yeah, that's where, they, that's where they be at. And they got a little gold statue on the top of that building, a solid gold. John, they couldn't have that around in P. Moss. Me and you would have took that, John. Me and John would have been running with that little gold statue. Oh, yeah, babe, I'm going to the pawn shop. All right? They're taking seven billion a year. How many? Seven billion. After they pay everybody, all the, all the churches, they, they take care of their properties. You see that thing? You see that thing? And you look at this building and say, we got everything we need. But let me, let me, let me, let me, not, let me not steal the show. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me save my punchline. After they pay expenses, every year they got a billion left over. Pastor, what they do with that billion? They invest it. They invest that billion. The Mormon church is one of the largest, hallelujah, holders of Apple stock. Show the investments of you, if you. Show me the next slide. Look at that. Apple, baby, they're killing Apple. They invest in Google, Microsoft, Intel, Facebook. It's now called Meta. All right? It's not up there, but they invest in NVIDIA, which is AI. They're the cutting edge of investments. I was reading one article that their investments pull in 9 to 7% a year. He said, Pastor, what that mean? We black. What that mean? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> if you invest 100 million, huh? And you're getting 7%, every year your 100 million stay in that account, you're getting 7 million a year. And you ain't done nothing for it. They ain't got 100 million in there. Huh? They investing a billion in there every year. Mm. Right now they got 200 billion sitting in that investment. Every year they getting 14 to 18 billion dollars back 
while that money not doing nothing. It's just, that money just sitting there. That money just sitting there. Money, 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 money. All right? Pastor, what are they doing with that? Come on, show me the next slide if you got the next slide. The next slide is, hallelujah. So right now, hallelujah, they worth about $236 billion, and that's going up. Show me the next one, hallelujah. By 2044, in 20 years, the Mormon church is going to be worth $1 trillion. $1 trillion. The Mormon church. You know them people that be on the bikes with the helmets on? The Church of Latter-day Saints. Show me the next slide. Pastor, what are they doing with that money? They're buying land. They're buying farmland all over the country. Those numbers that you see, hallelujah, are the, are the millions of dollars that they own the land. In Texas, they own $10 million worth of land. Florida, $884 million of land. Somebody like the sun. Mormons say, y'all had us in Utah far too long. And when Civil War break off, they all say, we going to Florida. $312 million in California. They say, we take the West Coast too. The boy saying, what's up? They buying land all over the place with that money. They saying, if America fall, the Mormon church going to make it. Go to the next slide. Let's see. They just bought a $174 million industrial complex in Miami. $174 million. I think it's huge. We don't even know what they're going to do in there. It don't matter. They could be doing cartwheels. All of them in there, just cartwheels. All of them are riding their bikes. I don't know what they're doing. It don't matter. That's not the point of what I'm getting at. All right, come on, show me something else. Hallelujah. $4.3 billion on this investments. That's when I told you that they get, they're getting 7.8%, sometimes 9% a year. See, when you got money, money is easy. If you got a lot of money, money is easy. You take that lot of money and you put it in instruments and vehicles, and that money going to make money. You get to 100 million, you drop down in some type of annuity, some type of trust. We got people in here that can help us with that. Trey from Dallas. It, yeah. Boy, take that 100 million, make that 100 million. I'm telling you, man, you're getting five, six. Look, look, they get 9%. I'd be happy with five. Take that 100 million, five million a year? You pay all your bills, and you ain't done nothing. And the hundred million still there. Wow. Yeah. You get that? Yes. Keep on going. Now here's the crazy thing. They're doing all of that, Miss Leola. Watch me close. Minister Sam, watch me close. Look, girl, I don't see you good. I don't know your name. But the little girl in between Minister Sam and Deaconess Leola. Montgomery's, watch me close. John. They're doing all this, and they say 15 right here. They're doing all this with 17 million members. Wow. You say, Pastor, what, how does that relate? 17 million worldwide members. That's not a lot. 
God bless the truth. That's not a lie. Pastor, why you say that's not a lie? We got 47 million Hebrews in the United States. I'm going somewhere with this. Thank you, thank you, Deacon. We're looking at a church that's got a trillion, going to be worth a trillion dollars. I ain't told y'all about the, the last day's storage facilities they got all over America. They got canneries and home storage emergency centers all over America. 101 to be exact. They got one not too far where we live in Atlanta. They got one right, 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 right in the little next uh, metropolitan area. In fact, some of my emergency food stock, guess who I ordered from? I ordered from them. <laughs> Go in my little emergency room, it's got the Church of Latter-day Saints. Spaghetti. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And if something goes on, I'm going to be eating Mormon spaghetti. Watch this, dude. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. They only got 17 million members. We got 47 million Hebrews just in America. 68 million in South America and Central America. 14 million in the Caribbean. And we had some beautiful people come from the Caribbean to Atlanta church to see us out there. Amen. We being heard in the islands, y'all. Come on, give y'all some praise. We have 4 million Hebrews, black folk, in Canada. So the grand total on this side of the make-believe hemisphere, we got 133 million of us just on this side. They making all that money with 17 million. We got 133 million of us just on this side. What? This side. We're not even talking about West Africa and Europe. We ain't talking about all that. Just on which side? This side. West side. Throw up your west side. If we move with the revival of our people, if we do what we're supposed to do, it would be easy for us, with all the people on this side, to have a movement of 17 million people. Y'all not hearing me up in here. Y'all not hearing me up in here. I know your faith can't see it, but my faith could see it. All right? Now, let me tell you what these 17 million people are committed to doing. The Church of Latter-day Saints have a very strict tithing policy. They people tithe. In fact, if you don't tithe, in the Mormon church, are you not getting baptized in the Mormon church? You're not getting married in the Mormon church? You ain't taking no communion in the Mormon church. See, that's funny to black people. Black people are like, what? what? I'm supposed to come to church and get all this free. You ain't contributing to none of this. That, that's what the Mormon church is saying. How you going to come and get mad? We got to put ministers here. How you going to come and get baptized so you want to use it, but you ain't giving nothing to it? 
You ain't giving nothing to her. You want to use it? And look, let your light bill be due. You want to use it? But you're not giving nothing for it? Man, the Mormon people with them straight pants and them helmets, they not playing that with their people. That 17 million, all of them tithing. All right, I get a few claps. I get a few claps. For those that's worried, Philadelphia is not going that, that critical. We're not going that crew. I'm telling you how they do it. Now, God gave us the tithe, but they're doing it better than us. James, thank you, James. Thank you, James. Since they're doing it better than us, you ever saw their churches? They got a little gold man on every one of them churches. Me and John going to hit them up, Baton Rouge, Lake Charles. Whoever rolling, ride with your ball. I've been surprised. They let go. And they could put solid gold statues on the top of them. All right? They, 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 they temples are built with the best material. All white up in there. You can't walk up in there if you ain't got white on. And it used to be you couldn't walk up in there if you were black. So I'm just saying, but, but they have since changed their ways. I'm not telling you to go to the Mormon church. church. I'm not telling you to become a Mormon. I'm telling you to tithe like the Mormons. Bring it to the house of God like they bring it to their house. And you're going to find a church that's going to be able to get some things accomplished in the earth. That's going to be able to buy more land. Be able to build more houses of worship. Be able to build more, hallelujah, uh, 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 religious uh, 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 recreational centers for us to gather at. Why just have one in Lafayette Church Point area? Why not have one in the hills of Atlanta so that one day I call and I say, y'all, we're going to do something out there. Who roll into Atlanta with your pastor? We'll be all out there. Getting buck out there, all of us. We all at the game. Huh? Hallelujah. We all, hallelujah. Not in church, though. We all swagging in service. But not in church, though. Does that get you in trouble in church? Not in church, not in church. Why be so short-sighted? Why do you see just this facility with these chairs? I know you come here in this 46,000 square foot building and we got classroom and you look and you think, oh God, we made it. We ain't did nothing, man. We ain't did nothing. If we don't keep pushing in a generation, this will be gone. Yes. It'll be gone. We got to keep pushing. Pastor, what you want from us? Tired. Tired like them people. Them people. I'm, I don't want to talk about them too much because they got all the money, but them people. And people don't even have the truth like we got the truth over here. I'm not trying to make it an apologetics course, but I can. I don't, I, don't, I don't talk with them when they come to the house and reveal all the indiscretions in their, in their doctrine. You undress them, baby. They take off the helmet. They're going home. 
My Jesus is not an angel. He's the son of the living God. Anybody hear me up in here? They don't want me to go off. They done knocked to the wrong house. But look what, look what they people doing. They tired. Not, 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 not. Wait. You hear our people talking about the Mormon church? You hear black people saying, oh, yeah, that's a money church. Huh? Now they're going to talk about Philadelphia. Yes. And we don't have a... <laughs> Help me, Jesus. Compared to them people, what... What do we have? Hold on, alarm. Hold on. I'm almost done. What do we have compared to them people? The people are going to hit a trillion dollars. But do you see black people talking about them? Do you see black people talking about the Catholic church as a money church? And they got their own country out there in the, in the Vatican? Let me tell you why black people talk about black churches. The black people are full of the devil. You understand what I'm saying? They full of the devil. They full of the devil. Satan is having his way with them. And so we come up and we talk, we want, we want all on our word, we're gonna talk about craft Lord die. We're gonna talk about this, we're gonna talk about down. That's chump change compared to what these denominations have. But you would rather this see them with it than your own people with it. What had made you hate yourself? See, as long as we don't have it, we don't have no voice. We can't go to the United Nations and demand anything. We can't come out and say injustices. You can march all you want about somebody's knee on somebody's neck, but you ain't got no change because you ain't got no money. You ain't got no money. You have no money and no organization. So you're going to cry, you're going to march, you're going to paint on the street, but nail law has been passed to change police brutality. Because you ain't got no money. You have no organization, no structure with money behind you. I lay out to you the plan from God to put money back into the house of God. And I guarantee we walk through there with a billion dollars in our pocket. I guarantee you some people going to change some things. You, you, them people pull their money out the market, the dial going to go down. We've been broke so long we done forgot the power of a dollar. We give our money to everybody else. We support everything else but ourselves in the house of God. I, what more can I say to you? The devil has played you. And as I come back, we're going to talk about some things, y'all. You know, my, my, my time is going. We're going to talk. But look, let, let me just give you a little foreshadow. You see, we're going to talk about the covetous and greedy spirit that's on our people. You're just greedy. We're going to talk about, hallelujah, the mistrust of our leaders. 
You don't want to give it because you don't trust. Let me tell you something. Okay, that sounds good, but that's not in the Bible. All right? You got to do what God commands you to do. Don't you be worrying about your leaders. If you're not happy with your leaders, pack your stuff up. Get your little flyer, your little chair, your little blanket you bring to church, and go find you a leader that you can trust. All right? That's what you got to do. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the jealousy, the chronic jealousy and envy that we have for the leaders that God sent us. For the leaders that God sent us. We don't give to the organization because we're we jealous of the leaders that God put over it. So we're looking at our pastors, our ministers. We're looking at David, what David, what King David got. Without an understanding that some of our leaders, listen, they're supposed to have more than us. A greater than you is present. You understand what I'm saying? And if God anointed them to lead you, how they going to be more broke? than you. you. You're not making any logical sense. What gives you the right to make more than them? Show me your transcript, your resume, your GPA, your credentials. But there's this chronic, satanic, demonic envy that we have with our leaders. Our leaders our leaders, and it'd be for crumbs, Randy, for crumbs. We looking at Creflo, a little building here, a little, little, a trillion dollars. The people got their own trucking company. We're going to talk about hallelujah, listen. We're going to talk about the worldly, satanic influences over the church. All right? And how they're so quick to put black ministers on TV and to show what kind of cars they have. A car? Use your mind. Use your mind, black people. It's a car. The people got a trillion dollars. And you're looking at a $50,000 truck, a $70,000 truck, a $100,000 car, a $200,000 car. They got a billion dollars. They clothes made of gold over there. One ring, one shepherd's staff. It's worth more than the Bentley you're talking about that ball got. It's a satanic influence. And we're going to get to it. But it's to stop us from organizing, from pooling our money together, from birthing a denomination that's going to be worldwide and world strong. One voice. One mind. The tithe is the key. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. Then we're going to get to some other things. Amen. As God would lead. Hallelujah. We're going 
talk about, hallelujah, some personal things uh, affecting the tide, the lack of faith, the no budget, the desire to live above our means, just all of those things we, we just going to cover. And I'm hoping and believing that as we do this, for as long as it takes, that God going to revolutionize, revolutionize us individually and us collectively. All right? All right? All right? So that we would no longer be destroyed for our lack of knowledge. My grandpa used to say something all the time. He was such a man of skill. Couldn't read, but he was such a man of skill. And Pop could fix almost anything, Keith. Remind me of you, just like you do. I just bring it to Keith. It's broken. Bring it to Keith. <laughs> and he would always say, after he would show you something, he'd say, comprends? It's like I can hear him in my dreams to this day, because they, they spoke English, but you know, we from Louisiana, Shad, you know? So, so he would speak that Creole. Yes, sir. And he would always look at me and look at my brothers, and he'd show us something and he'd say, comprends? I just showed you something today. I showed you why people don't tithe. They're unsaved, they lack knowledge, and they don't know the connection between God and his house. I showed you the power of a people when they do tithe, when they do come together. Mormon church is a, is a, is a titan yes. in America. They got senators in the, in the Senate, United States Senate. Mitch Romney, one of them. The power, the ball ran for president. I show you this so you can look beyond these little walls right here. And I ask you, I ask you the question. Like Papa used to ask me. Comprend? You understand? It's not about greed for everybody, no. It's about something greater. It's about wanting more. Not for me, not for you, but for us. <laughs> but for us. So let's let the haters hate. But let's build. How many people ready to build with me? How many people ready to build with me? Come on, how many people ready to build with me? Come on, stand to your feet. Hallelujah. If you're ready to build with me, come on, somebody. Eyes have not seen.
ears have not heard, neither entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for those that love him. We got to build together. We got to build together. Pool our resources. And it starts off with the tide. Listen, our ushers are coming up even now. They bring in their baskets. Get yourself ready. Get your tithe ready. Get your offering ready. If you're not saved, don't give a single thing. If you don't, if you, if you not fully convinced about that God said it, don't give a single thing. All right? Uh, 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 hallelujah. If, if, if you feel that it's, it's compulsion and you don't agree about us getting our stuff together, don't give a single thing. But if you under the sound of my voice and you know that all of this has been the word of God and do what you're required to do and give an offering and he promises you, not me, he promises you that he's going to meet every single one of your needs. Listen to me good, listen to me good. I promise you. I promise you that if you commit to tithing, that you are going to see something in the earth that your eyes have never seen. Hallelujah. That you are going to see a revival in multiple states, multiple cities, like you've never seen. You are going to be blown away by what Philadelphia will become. <laughs> I promise you, I promise you, I promise you. And we're going to talk about more, amen, next time. Listen, I got I to gotta get out your way, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The gates are open, amen. Give so that the Lord can bless you in return in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. hundredfold blessing upon you. Hundredfold blessing upon you. Hundredfold blessing upon you right now. They giving, they giving on the internet. Hundredfold blessing upon you in the name of Jesus. Hundredfold blessing right now. Hundredfold blessing. Hallelujah. Hundredfold blessing. Hundredfold blessing. I see you. I see your teacher. I see your teacher. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hundredfold blessing upon you right now in Jesus' mighty name. Hundredfold, hundredfold. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hundredfold blessing on y'all. He's so good, so good. Hundredfold, 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 hundredfold. Hallelujah. Hundredfold blessing on you. Love you, Deacon Bryce. Love y'all. Hundredfold, hundredfold. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hundredfold blessing on you. Abundance. Hallelujah. Millionaires anointed on your life. He's good. So good. So good. Hundredfold.
saints. They're giving saints. They're giving online. Patricia Hurley, Brent Hale, hallelujah, Taiwan, Etta Hansen, Sierra Weaver, Peggy Sam. They're giving, y'all. Brandon Thomas, the Marzells, Zay Given, hallelujah, Vicki McDonald, hallelujah, Chantel Tebow again. You really, you, you hitting it. You hitting it, first lady. I've seen your name on that full time already. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Brandon Dillon. Hallelujah, I see him giving. Hallelujah, Leo, Linda Bruno, Jacqueline Babineau, Matthew Jackson, Scotty Como, the Shashon's giving, Robert Taylor. Lord, just want me to keep on reading for a second. Hallelujah, because you see, you can come up, but some of them can't come up. Hallelujah, Chris Black, Tiffany Crown, Augustine, Rodney Paul in the house, Robert Rice, continually giving. Hallelujah, uh, uh, the Henrys are giving. Tanya, Tanya e Eaglin, Shamika Thomas, Hallelujah. Oh, God, they're giving Angela Boudreaux, Raven Broussard in the house, Omar Smith, they're giving. Rosalind, hallelujah, they're giving. Joycelyn Johnson, hallelujah. Chastity Shelvin, glory to God, they're giving, they're giving, they're giving. Paige Julian, hallelujah, they're giving, y'all. Hallelujah. And we bless the Lord, and we believe that he's going to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing you have, not the room enough to receive. Hallelujah. So God, we just thank you for these tithes and offerings that we receive in the baskets, the boxes, on the platforms, the apps, cash app. God, in the name of Yahshua, we pray, humbly coming before you. We only have what we have because of you. And we acknowledge you today in our presence. God, as we give, take this tithe and this offering and build a Hebrew church again, God. Not just in Lafayette, but all over the world. If you did it for some, we know you could do it for us. You did it, God, for the Catholics and the Mormons. You did it, God, for Pentecostals and Baptists. And now, God, we have this niche, this special niche of the gospel, us being the people, this special niche of a message that'll stop violence in inner cities and reunite families and organize your people in such a way to give a national and international voice to your people. We submit that to you. Take our few loaves and fish that we provided today and feed the world with it, God. Feed the multitude, God. Let the word go out, God. Why would you give the Mormons TV stations and radio stations? Why would you provide them, God, canneries and emergency centers and, and churches in abundance in every city, God? Your Bible says what you do for one, you would do for all your children. Right now, we appeal to your goodness, Father. We appeal to your grace, but we also appeal to your scriptures. 
We know that it is our time, the church of the Hebrews, and we pray as the dispensation change that everything that you've given the Gentiles in times past, you would give to us in every way. Let your people's heart open like it ain't never opened before to tithe, to offer. Let it be like in the days of Moses when we built the sanctuary before that we have to go out and tell the people, stop offering. We have enough. We have enough to take over America religion. We have enough to take over the world. We have enough, God, to spread the gospel on the wings of heaven, to save not just one race of men, but to save every race of man. Father, in the name of Jesus, use this tithe for that. We want to Take it over with your name and your gospel, God. That the world would stop hearing about wickedness and perversion, but they would hear about righteousness and holiness. We want to take it over spiritually, God. That your kingdom would come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Daddy, we pray a special, magnanimous blessing upon your people now. Everyone who's given a single sin, we pray that the Lord of harvest would kick in. For we could plant, we can water, but we depend on you alone for the increase. So we pray increase upon your people now. In the name of Jesus, a hundredfold. We pray to the God who gives seed to the sower, give seed to your souls now. Bless them. Monetarily, materially, most importantly, spiritually. Let all grace abound to them. We thank you for it even now. In Jesus, Yahshua, wonderful name we pray. And the church saying, amen, amen, amen. Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah. They still giving. They still giving. Listen, we got to do a couple of things. Ushers, y'all can come. Hallelujah. Praise God. Y'all can come. Hallelujah. We're going to do altar call, then we're going to do communion. When we do the altar call, bring your communion with you. Hallelujah. The altar is open for those who heard the gospel in the very first point and you want to be saved. You really believe, and now is the only time to ask. When you ask, you shall receive salvation. So you're going to be able to come to the altar. You can also come to the altar if some kind of way this word touched you, it spoke to you in some kind of way where God just really touched you. He really touched you. He really opened your eyes to some things today. So the altar is open and the waters are troubled. Come now. Come now. Come now if you want to touch from your God. Hallelujah. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come now.
gonna pray while the river is here. We're gonna pray. Say, Most High God. Most High God. Thank you. Thank you. For your truth. Speaks to my heart. I can hear your voice. I can hear your voice. I admit. I admit. I'm not perfect. I've done some things. But I know you still love me. I know you still love me. And I believe that you died for me. You were buried in the grave. You were buried in the grave. And on the third day you rose. And on the third day you rose. I believe. I believe. That you are the way of salvation. You are the way of salvation. Take your blood. Take your blood. And wash me. And wash me. Forgive my sins. Forgive my sins. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. And use me. And use me. For your glory. Use these hands. Use these hands. Use my feet. Use my feet. Use my mind. Use my mind. To build your house. To build your house. I give you all of me. I give you all of me. You've done so much for me. You've done so much for me. The least I can do. The least I can do. Is help you. Is help you. Use me, Use me to build your house. To build your house. And, as I give, and as I give, most high, most high give, back to me. give back to me. Bless me, Bless me. Indeed. indeed, my family, my, family. my, children. my children, my children's children. My children. Bless, me. Bless me, indeed. Make me a blessing. And I promise to give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. Come on, give him praise up in here. Hallelujah. Hey. Hallelujah. 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 Thank to God, I got to get you out of here. Y'all done kept me long today. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> you can take the bread out of the container, amen. We're going to do what we got to do. The Bible says, the same night that he was betrayed, he took the bread. He gave thanks to heaven. He broke it. Hallelujah. And he said, take this, eat, all of you. This is my body, Jesus says, which is broken for you. He says, do this in remembrance of me. Today we remember his body, which was broken so that we could be made whole. Thank you, Jesus. Let us eat. Bible says the same night after supper, he took the cup. And after he'd given thanks, he told his disciples, he said, take this. Drink ye, all of you. He said, this is my blood, the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you. He said, without the shedding of blood, 
There can be no remission, no forgiveness of sins. Since sin is only paid off by death, blood is the only way to wash the sins off our sin-stained soul. He gave his blood so we could be made clean. He said, drink this in remembrance of me. Yahshua, we remember your blood. And we say thank you in Jesus' name. Who the Lord met us today? Who the Lord met us today, Miss Lou? He met us today. I see Miss Lou wanted to help me out. I'm going to just let her help me out. TP, look. Hallelujah. If you can hold that. Look, let me let y'all get out of here. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May he lift up his face upon you. Be gracious unto you and bless you with shalom peace. Shalom, Israel. Hallelujah. Shalom. God loves you. There is a river in Jesus' mighty name. There is a river in Jesus' mighty name. I know you down. I know you down. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Pretty. Pretty. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you for being here. Hallelujah. Bless you. Hallelujah. Ooh, I'm so sorry, big guy. Doing good. Yeah. Bless you. Bless you. Hallelujah. Ooh, I know, I know, Papi. Right, God bless you too, Papi.